to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I am your host, Tisha Richmond. On this show, I chat with educators and thought leaders from around the world to hear stories of how they are transforming teaching and creating unforgettable learning experiences because we all have our own special magic. In this special series, amazing career and technical educators share stories of how they are navigating project-based learning in a pandemic. Welcome to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I am thrilled to have an amazing guest today, Ben Garcia, who is an educational coordinator for SOPBS here in Southern Oregon, and also a middle school teacher who is co-teaching a PBS NewsHour student reporting labs class here in the Medford School District. I'm so excited to chat with you today, Ben. Welcome. Thank you, Tisha. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited about all that. I guess the only other thing I would add to that amazing introduction is that um, you are also an amazing educator, and I appreciate working with you. Um, And uh, we are going to have another PBS NewsHour Student Reporting Labs uh, pilot class at North Medford High School, where I will co-teach that class with Curtis Stout next year. Super exciting. Oh my goodness, so many amazing things are happening. And I love our connection, Ben, because we met, I think, a couple years back. Is it two or three years now? Just time flies. I think it was... Yeah, I think three years ago. Three years ago now. Cummings. Yes, yes. And so we started collaborating right away. We found that we had the same passion for just connecting teachers and bringing, you know, joy into teaching and learning. And so we got to collaborate on an amazing summit that was sponsored through SOPBS. And That's right. First keynote experience that I got to do for that. And then we also have this really fun childhood connection. I think we realized after, you know, getting to know each other uh, a month or so, we, we realized that we actually rode the same bus together to school <laughs> back That's in the right. day. And, I don't uh, remember the bus number, but I do remember the bus driver's name, Art. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, you have a good memory. And your sister was was close in age to me and I would I would always sit by her on the bus. So fun fun family connections as well. So I am really looking forward to our conversation because there's so much to talk about. And so let's start by just sharing a little bit about how you journeyed into education. What's your story, Ben? Um, Well, I started uh, graduate school to be a teacher back in 2009, um, and I started a program at Portland State University where I completed my bachelor's degree in English um, uh, called the uh, Secondary Educator, a dual educator program. Um, And I initially set out uh, to get dual certified in SPED and then high school English. And um, thank God I, I started my um, SPED practicum before my English practicum uh, because that gave me an opportunity um, to teach those students. And I was I was doing a, a teaching practicum um, in the Oregon uh, Oregon City School District, and which was a lot different um, than the volunteer experience I had had with SPED students up to that point. Um, and right away I, 
I kind of like knew in my heart that I was not meant to be a SPED teacher, which was fine. I transitioned into a graduate teacher educator program, um, uh, just a general uh, GTEP program. It was a two-year program and then focused on um, getting certified as an English language arts teacher and got my master's in education and taught in Portland public schools um, on a provisional license and kind of felt like that was going to be my journey. Um, and I uh, jumped out into the world and started teaching at American schools um, in Mexico um, and uh, schools that are part of the worldwide American school network um, and taught in my dad's hometown in Aguascalientes and then transitioned to Guadalajara where I met my amazing wife, Laura, and then um, uh, went to China um, and didn't really like it and then came back to Mexico and finished up in the desert in northern Mexico in Torreon um, for a two-year stint at the American School of Torreon. And um, like you, I love Tisha's story. I'm sure many of your audience uh, members have heard the story. But like you, after six years of teaching, I was I, I reached a point where I was I was I was becoming burnt out. And uh, Tisha tells this amazing story about how she was entertaining becoming a latte artist. Um, well, for me, um, the dream was go back home with my wife and you know live like a mountain man um and you know maybe maybe start you know some sort of a career you know hands-on career my my i have lots of brothers and they're like electricians and truck drivers and i thought maybe i'll get back into the world of um physical labor uh, but right away um i was uh, scooped up by uh, the employment department to be uh, a uh, employment specialist and through that job through helping people skill up to re-enter the workforce um, I was exposed to massive job lists so I had my eyes on all the jobs that were available here in the valley um, and uh, this job at Southern Oregon PBS it was previously Southern Oregon Public Television so uh, I saw this job uh, for uh, it's called Teacher Ambassador, and it was a national um, grant-funded program um, funded by the MacArthur P. Foundation. And essentially, um, my job would be to support teachers. And I thought, wow, like, what a great opportunity as like a former burnt out teacher to go out uh, into the um, into the valley and support teachers because teachers need so much support. And so I jumped on it right away and made and made a transition um, to uh, SOPBS and um, started to work with different teachers um, and like find out um, really what the needs were for, for teachers here in the Valley. Um, and, well, there's a mountain of needs. Teachers have just as much needs as, um, you know, students um, and families. And uh, the local districts are doing a really great job of trying to reach those needs. Um, same with the Southern Oregon Educational Service District. And what I was really trying to do is to find uh, an area of need that really wasn't being fulfilled by local schools, um, some sort of niche um, that I could, I could really... Um, flourish in. And as I was working my way through all these different models of teacher engagement um, to what I eventually discovered, um, which is the need to support media arts teachers in the area, um, I I discovered Tisha Richmond, um, and I was really lucky to do so. And uh, the story there is that Michelle Cummings, she told me right away, um, 
you need to reach out to Tisha um, because I am aware that you guys have an award, uh, a yearly award called Digital Innovator of the Year. And um, I would like for you to nominate Tisha to be the Digital Innovator of the Year for the state of Oregon. And so I got really excited thinking, oh, this is great. Um, And I I reached out to Tisha and we started talking about um, ways we could collaborate together. And I don't know if I told you, Tisha, about this award. Um, And I like secretly nominated you for it with all the information I secretly gathered about you. Um, And uh, unfortunately, um, the they changed the program to uh, digital all star and then they and then they only selected folks that had been previously won the award for the all star award and so that went to this amazing educator in Portland but I imagine that if you had won the award previously you probably would have won it but <laughs> anyhow so that's the backstory there but you and I um, we decided the best way we could collaborate would be to start. Uh, would be to to put on a, a teacher summit together. And that was something that PBS wanted me to do. Um, they have uh, these summits, then branded PBS teacher summits. Um, and we had ours uh, branded SOPTV hyphen make learning magical teacher summit or something like that. Um, and and um, I had the, the amazing opportunity uh, to have you be the key speaker. And I, did not know that was your first key speaking uh, opportunity. So that is that to me, that's, that's huge. It's mind blowing piece of information to know, because when I think Tisha Richmond, I think this amazing nationwide author, you know, educational star who's probably been a keynote speaker at many conferences. So like, I'm so blessed and honored that you, you were the keynote three years ago at our, at our first uh, teacher summit. Oh, so, Ben, you are. Thanks for that. Yeah, my goodness, you are too kind. I, I learned so much through that process. First of all, it was wonderful to collaborate with you because you have so much energy and enthusiasm and truly have a heart for education and for teachers and students and learning. And so to be able to collaborate with you um, on that was so much fun. And I learned just a ton through the experience and had so much fun presenting that keynote. And uh, our former, we both had a former high school English teacher, uh, Mr. Conley, Larry Conley, correct? Is it Larry Conley? Yes. Uh, yes, Larry Conley. And that was such a magical moment for me because I remember him coming up after I I presented and giving me a hug and uh, and that was just, it made me cry because it was just so sweet to have a teacher that had influenced me actually get to hear my story. And, uh, and that's kind of a, a fun connection that, that we, we share as well. So it's an amazing experience. Larry Conley, my favorite English teacher ever. Probably the reason why I became an English teacher and the reason why I even went to college, um, they didn't really... For me, for students that were like average, they didn't really push me um, to go to college in the school district that we went to growing up. Mm. Um, And it was Mr. Conley um, who gave me like so many amazing pep talks um, throughout the two years I had him. Um, and, you know, told me I was smart and I need to go to college. And so he planted the seed. And if it wasn't for Mr. Conley, I, I probably would have gone the route of blue collar worker, like my, mm. my four brothers. Um, so 
uh, and fun note about Mr. Conley, um, we, tr- we tried to pilot um, Teacher Summit the year before, um, like a few months after I got the job. And he was my keynote at the pilot teacher summit. Um, oh my goodness. And I wish I would have known you. I wish I would have known you that back then because he gave the most amazing keynote like yours. I mean, pe- people were like crying in the room. Um, so Aww. anyhow, um, we should go so out and cool. have coffee with Mr. Connolly sometime when mm-hmm. all this whole pandemic thing blows over. And then he can give you a version of, of the, Yes, that would be so much fun. We actually should definitely do that. That would be really fun to be able to connect. So, oh my goodness, I love it. I I just love all the all of the connections that that we have, and um, it's really really fun to hear your journey into education and your story. And I think it's amazing that you were at that point of being you know burnt out and thinking about looking at other careers and here you discovered a way to be able to connect back to education and to really get to support teachers and uh and you have I mean oh my goodness the the things that you have done to to support teachers in our our valley is truly phenomenal and I also love that you are now back in the classroom and that you have found that niche, that area that you just really can get excited about. So I would love for you to share a little bit about the class that you're co-teaching right now at our local middle school. How did that all come about and what is it about? Absolutely. Well, I think with uh, very quickly, I should give a shout out to some um, some teachers in the school district before I, I start telling this story. You're right. Um, I tried many different models of teacher engagement, not just teacher summits with amazing teachers like you. Um, I did coding um, workshops and worked with like uh, Brent. Um, what's Brent's last name? Brent. Watts. Watts. Brent Watts. Yeah, when he was at Washington um, and his teacher partner who went over to McLaughlin um, and his name is escaping, uh, my, my head right now. Anyhow, with those two teachers and then Patrick took over for the amazing teacher that went over, uh, to, to McLaughlin. Um, you know, we did uh, scratch junior, uh, we did a scratch junior club, um, that met every Wednesday. We organized one with their, um, the advanced fifth and sixth grade students there. Um, and just had an amazing time for two years. So that was another model of teacher engagement, uh, that I explored. And then with, um, um, with Jonathan Brabham's little brother, what is his name? Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Brabham. We, we, um, explored an ed tech PLC at North Medford high school, um, with a few other teachers, um, so point being, there was a lot of different models of teacher engagement that, that, um, I undertook in the school district with amazing teachers like those that I've, I've referenced. Um, and so, um, if any of those teachers listen to this podcast, thank you so much for, for, um, participating in early collaboration before I found my calling in the district, which, you know, is media arts work. And that's what we're going to talk about right, right now. So co-teaching, um, at, uh, Hedrick Middle School with Ivan Ollinghouse, another amazing um, teacher in Medford School District. How did that come to be? Well, um, that story starts um, with Mike Mabin at North Medford High School, another amazing teacher. Mike and I, um, Mike was a part of the PLC as well. Um, 
and Mike um, expressed to me early on that uh, media arts teachers like himself, um, uh, while they while they had a lot of amazing support from the school district in, in terms of getting equipment and getting things running well, um, they didn't have industry connections and partnerships, and he wanted to see his students um, work with our station. And so I thought, well, let's try to develop something. Maybe we'll call it a reporting network um, where we teach kids how to make news reports. And so as we were struggling through how to do that, um, I was working with his video three kids because he had video one, two, three, and morning show all in the same class. Um, and so one, he needed help. Um, and two, he wanted an industry partnership. So we started exploring that. And like we had uh, kids go down to the station, interview my general manager, uh, Mark Stanislawski, um, and engaging in industry level experiences like that at the end of the school year after we built their skills up at the first part of the school year. Um, well, it was because of Mike Mabin um, and that work with his amazing advanced students that one of my advisors said, hey, what you're pretty much doing um, is student reporting labs. And I was like, what's that? And so she explained what PBS News Hour Student Reporting Labs is. And that's pretty much what they're, what uh, the program does is it builds kids' uh, basic journalism skills up and their basic production, production skills up. And then by the end of the school year, they're making student reports. Um, and then those reports are being sent off to PBS News Hour for airing considerations. And so last summer... Um, I, uh, before, before last summer, it was like May, I invited Mike Mabin to come out to Washington, DC to go to the training. Um, and, uh, also Ivan Olinghouse, cause I was working with Ivan Olinghouse the year before, uh, with his leadership kids, we were making videos for the leadership program there at, at, um, Hedrick. And we were using this amazing, uh, device called a padcaster, which turns an iPad into like a field production camera. Um, and so I invited Ivan as well. Well, Mike got an amazing opportunity as everyone knows to become the interim coach at Southern Oregon university for a softball coach. And so he stepped down from working full time. And so he couldn't make the trip out to DC. Um, but Ivan came out and we learned all about PBS news hours and reporting labs. And we went through their training, um, relating to, um, how how they they, they their industry standard process for setting up a camera tripod exposure composition um, interviewing I mean every aspect of essentially being a video journalist and um, and then we we came back um, and started planning on uh, making that a reality uh, in his class and his amazing principal Beth Anderson. Uh, allowed us to um, uh, develop a pilot student reporting labs um, uh, class in his first period um, class, which is um, yearbook and morning show. And we move forward with it. And then at North, because Mike um, stepped down, um, they asked me if I wouldn't mind um, teaching the class, the video class. Um, and I asked them if I couldn't, uh, bring PBS News Action Reporting Labs curriculum to that class, um, and they were very open to it. And um, so, the big thanks to Dan Smith at that school. And so, fall semester, I taught the um, the video production class at North Medford High School, 
and then also co-taught the PBS NewsHour student reporting labs class at at Hedrick. And um, Ivan Olinghouse and I were fortunate to enough to have those kids all year long. And we had a kid um, right before the pandemic broke out. He finished his student report. We were just getting into the last you know quarter of school. Where we were going to making all these reports and sending them off to NewsHour for airing considerations. And um, there were like 16 reports that were in like um, rough draft format. And one kid named Diego finished his like it was like March 12th or 11th. Right. It was like the day that Kate Brown made her announcement. And so. So, yeah. And then at North, scheduling is a little bit more difficult there. So we got a new batch of kids um, in January. Um, for um, the second semester and uh, Curtis Stout took over that class and I started to um, uh, work with professional development um, in how to use the curriculum with him and he he's he's now going to be the permanent teacher of that class and then next year we will also co-teach and um, the idea is once you have kids coming back um, that the station partner slash co-teacher takes the lead with the advanced kids um, once they start coming back so that um, those advanced kids can start making um, student reports right away, right out the gates and meet the deadline, the PBS NewsHour deadlines. Um, and um, so that's kind of a goal for year two of the project next year at Hedrick and then the year after um, at North. Um, so there's there's the wow. co-teaching slash PBS News Hour Student Reporting Labs project in a nutshell. There's a lot to it, though. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is so exciting. I mean, I think about so many things. Like, first of all, how cool that your background, like so many things that you love, the, you know, English and your work with uh, SOPBS and all of these things that have been part of your journey are now brought into this new program that you're developing. And what an amazing opportunity for students. I think especially that this is starting at the junior high middle school level um, where kids can really tap into that passion because oftentimes, you know, they might discover this passion in maybe their junior, senior year of high school, but you're, you are planting the seed at a young age. And so think about these kids that are in this program now and how their skills are going to develop over time throughout their middle high school years. And they're going to be so incredibly prepared for a career in this industry. And even if they're not, think about the skills, the speaking skills and the writing skills that they're developing. And I think that that connection to industry is so important. They are, they're learning these skills, but then they're able to create it for an authentic audience. And they're able to see truly those industry connections, which I think is just absolutely fantastic. So I'm so excited to see where this program goes because I mean, you are just at the ground on the ground floor right now developing this and to see what, how this develops over time. Absolutely. It's going to be really, really exciting. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought that up because um, we're coming to an agreement with North Medford high school through a memorandum of understanding. And right there on page one, it talks about how important this program is and, 
terms of industry experience for for students um, and students that are inspire, aspiring journalists, students that are aspiring uh, production uh, professionals. And there's so many different jobs within the world of production, um, you know, from camera operator to light specialist to audio specialist, um, you know, uh, editor, etc. There's just a ton of jobs. Um, and the way that I always talk about this, like um, to administrators last year, you know, to uh, the previous superintendent and to Michelle, is that even if kids um, go through this program and decide that journalism isn't their thing or decide that um, production isn't their thing, at the minimum, um, they're learning a lot of important skills in terms of media literacy, um, and my hope is that mm-hmm. they'll go out into the world and become um, citizen journalists, um, that they will, in their uh, daily perusal through whatever social media they use, they'll know how to identify disinformation and misinformation and good sources of information, bad sources of information. They'll, they'll, they'll know how to identify logical fallacies. I mean, all these things that they learn um, through the PBS NewsHour curriculum, and they'll become better um, citizen journalists and hopefully be able to call out bad information when they see it. Um, so, so that's the selling point for 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 me. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, yeah. The hope is that you know the kids that become interested in these two fields that they'll go on to Southern Oregon University where there's a great digital cinema program. There's a strand within the communications program, a journalism strand. Um, There's the emerging media digital arts program um, that also has various strands um, that students can explore relating to these skills. Um, And those professors and those programs are also advisors. And so we would like to see this thing come into fruition someday where there's a pipeline of students going from student reporting labs and then to local universities um, exploring these various uh, programs that relate to production and journalism. Wow. That is so exciting. So many possibilities. And I mean, you talking about media literacy, I mean, think about the word, world we're living in right now and how important that is, right? To really be able to know what is true and what is not true because there's so much fake news out there and, and really teaching those skills right now um, especially is so, so vital. So what you're doing is incredible on so many levels and, and I, I love that. And I, I would love to talk a little bit about what you are doing currently with what we're calling Anywhere Learning TV, because we are right in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it, we're in the middle of uh, May, and we have, oh my goodness, when I think back to March 13th, <laughs> when all of this kind of began... Uh, so much has happened. And I remember when we started to to make plans for, for what remote learning was going to look like, and, and we developed our Anywhere Learning Plans. Uh, from the very beginning, I heard of this idea of creating Anywhere Learning TV. You were... I mean, you have been a huge, huge, huge part of this. So I would love for you just to share with our listeners what... 
where did this idea come from and how did it develop to what it is right now? Um, so it was that uh, weird week, that Friday the 13th week in March where Kate Brown made her announcement and um, like Ivan and I were like racing to um, finish up uh, those videos with kiddos and we didn't, you know, we unfortunately only got one out, one finished student report out. That it was that week where I thought, oh gosh, like we're this is this this project's done with for the year, you know. And in terms of having final products to show teachers and administrators, you know, like how amazing this is. I mean, I was I was bummed. I was bummed out. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I I honestly just thought that the whole the 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 wind had been taken out of the student reporting lab sale in the in the school district and went home that weekend and you know just kind of um, <laughs> ho hum my way through that weekend and it was like Monday or Tuesday the following Monday or Tuesday where I get a call um, from Natalie Hurd and um, she was like, hey, do you want to do something really cool as we're trying to figure out how to approach distance learning? One of like five or six approaches is Medford Anywhere Learning TV. I don't think it had the name at that time, but she, you know, she was talking about recording telecourse type lesson plans with teachers. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm on board, you know, like, let's do this. Cause otherwise I'll be trapped at home. And, you know, I knew it was going to be, I was going to be taking a risk and thank God, um, you know, it's been a healthy experience and we've been social distancing and we've been really responsible through the whole thing. But like, I had no clue at that time that it was going to work out to where it did now. And so we had a meeting with our content director, Brad Fay, where um, just a few days afterwards, like March, like 18th or 19th at the um, school district, where we're talking about what exactly um, this type of distance learning would look like. And I brought like all of my field production equipment, I, I, I you know, and then my padcaster too. I was like, just throwing spaghetti at the wall. Well, with the padcasters, we could actually have a student teach or a teacher teaching in front of an empty classroom and we could Facebook live it, you know? Uh, and, you know, with the field production equipment, like me and Ivan, you know, could go out and, you know, uh, record teachers in their own classrooms, you know, uh, giving these lessons and then we can edit it later. And then, you know, Brad was like, well, why can't we do it in a TV studio? And then I was like, that's a great idea. Let's do it in our TV studio at our station. And he's like, no, we're going to be so busy filming all this stuff for the pandemic that, you know, that's not. And then uh, uh, Natalie was like, well, why can't we do it with the equipment, you know, at North or at Hedrick? And I was like, you know what? I think that's a good idea. And Ivan Olinhouse would probably be way down for doing that um, because he's such a go-getter. So over the next uh, week and a half, uh, you know, we talked to Ivan and we talked to Beth and, uh, and, you know, we talked to some other folks and we started to make it happen. It was like, um, the, during spring break, it was the middle of spring break. Ivan and I, um, started dusting off the, um, Hedrick morning show equipment and figuring out, you know, how we were going to tune that equipment up so it could film broadcast quality, um, video. And of course my station came on board and said, yeah, we'll air these. And Natalie got KDRV and KTBL on board and it started working out. We start, we filmed an early prototype, um, you know, sent it out. Our station had, you know, critique and uh, feedback and, 
you know, we just fumbled our way forward and just learned as we went. We failed fast and we failed forward. Um, anyone who's familiar with human-centered design understands what that means. And, um, you know, uh, we as we encountered problems, you know, we're telling Natalie, we do not have time to edit. We're, 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 we're so busy filming um, all these amazing teachers who were, like, very quickly volunteering to come in and film their lesson plans. Um, she brought on Daniel Craig to do editing and also to kind of like, um, uh, take control of like the coordination aspect of this. Cause Ivan and I didn't have time to like coordinate schedules with teachers. And, um, so it all just started working out very quickly. Thank God to a lot of really humble people, um, you know, who just wanted to make this happen. And so, um, eventually, Anthony Amaral, the uh, the IT guy there at Hedrick, came on board to help out with editing. And Keegan, um, a young uh, recent SOU graduate that works at our station in traffic control, came on to help out with editing. And there was like an editing crew. Danielle was doing the coordination with the teachers and the scheduling. Ivan and I are primarily focused on production, even though um, Ivan did help out with a lot of um, editing too early on. Um, and then Jeff Bales, I, he is like the IT master. He came on board to help us figure out all the networking stuff. Because unlike with the TV studio at the school, um, they have this amazing network. And so he was able to network cameras through the ethernet um you know uh system to our production uh brain which is called a tricaster and so we built uh you know a studio in the in the library a second studio in the library from the ground up um with jeff bale's help and we all filled in bits and pieces of knowledge that the other did not have um, my specialty is kind of cameras. So I was helping to figure out the cameras. Jeff was doing the networking, um, and he knows the TriCaster really well. So he's helping us with the TriCaster. I have some familiarity with the TriCaster. Um, and then Ivan with his editing, um, expertise and his, his graphic, uh, design expertise. You know, he was helping us with motion graphics and how does that lower third graph? He spent two days building that lower third that has a name and a subtitle in it. And so, we we just made it happen and and then Danielle Craig is an amazing editor and she was able to just like edit these shows like it was no one's business like 15 episodes a week and she's just amazing at editing um and so then we built a third studio in the multi-purpose room um from the ground up <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and, wow. and ironed out a lot of the bugs that we had in the first studio and the second studio. Um, and so after all this work, um, Jeff Bales and myself and Ivan, you know, we're of the thought of mind, like we cannot let all of this like knowledge and expertise um, like go to waste. Like we need to have a permanent TV studio somewhere in the Medford school district so that, you know, we can do lots of things. We can help, uh, Medford schools, um, film PR pieces for when they need it. Um, I'm a part of the equity, diversity, inclusion, um, council. And they were talking about 
how you know ongoing problems they've had for years. Gloria Perea Robertson at Washington, you know, struggles every single year for Spanish-speaking parents um, who um, struggle through like the registration process and many other uh, processes, and where the students, their students, are essentially trying to help them do these adult things. And so we thought, well, what if we f- we could film a how-to register your kid in Spanish? And I'm from an immigrant family, Spanish-speaking family. And, you know, I thought, wow, that's a great idea, Gloria. Let's do that. And so there's all these needs that that need to be served. And we can do that with a permanent uh, MSD TV studio. So Jeff Bales is already talking to the powers that be. And um, Hal Jones has lended his voice because he's in that EDI group as well and his support. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to find a permanent home for this thing. Um, so it can continue to serve the school district and students and families, um, you know, from here on out. And so that's the story in a nutshell wow. from start to where we're at now, where, where our thinking's at right now. That is so incredible on so many levels. And there's so many things that just jump out at me. Um, first of all, I mean, I think about that the weekend, right, where where it was March 13th, and we're out of school. And here you're, you're feeling like everything's crumbling, right? Like yeah. all of this hard work that you have been doing all of this amazing uh, learning that's happening with students, you see it all like unraveling. And you're like, I can't finish what we've started. And then to think about where you are now. So what a jump out of your comfort zone to go from that that moment when you were so frustrated, so discouraged to jump on this opportunity to do something totally different to create learning for all students. And I love when you said you were it was just like throwing spaghetti at the wall, right? Like you had no idea how to get. I mean, you did, but you really didn't know what this was going to look like as far as putting it all together, but you just started trying stuff. And I think about that design thinking process, right? And I mean, you were going through that design thinking process to make that happen. And you turned this discouraging moment truly into a magical moment and creating this extraordinary anywhere learning TV program. I mean, and our listeners, if you were to look at this, the uh, television schedule for the week, it's absolutely insane. The content that is being taught by our teachers from kinder level content all the way through high school content. And I think about just the, the equity piece alone and how these, these uh, television uh, programs are able to reach maybe an audience that would have a hard time reaching the content otherwise. You know, our district has been great about getting Chromebooks into the hands of all students and Wi-Fi hotspots, but television is this means where a lot of people who may have a hard time getting on a computer are going to be able to turn on their television and be able to access this learning, which is truly incredible. And 
choppers to the school district, right? For getting, and I heard there was a push to get antennas out to families that had TVs but didn't have a, a digital right. antennas. I mean, that's amazing. And you know, another thing is that like these programs, um, you know, are all on the district's YouTube channel. Um, so props to the school district for sending out hotspots and Chromebooks to families that didn't have internet. Um, they can watch these all on wow. YouTube. And um, I, there's even been episodes thrown on thumb drives and sent home to families that live in far off rural areas um, that don't have internet. And those kids have been able to watch these episodes on their Chromebook, um, you know, by accessing it through the thumb drive. Um, so this was like one of what five or wow. six approaches and the school district deserves a lot of, uh, you know, uh, propers for that. And I know that you're a part of the committee too, um, uh, to figure out early on, how are we going to do distance learning? So thank you, Tisha, for your part too. Well, oh my goodness. I think, I think about what a collaborative effort it is. And I think really about how it really takes a community of, of people that really want to do what's best for kids and for, for students and to truly make learning uh, for all. And I, I know that through all of these efforts, uh, we have done everything in our district that we know possible to truly make learning for all and as equitable as, as possible. And I love that there are so many ways that students can access this through the thumb drives, through YouTube, through the antennas that are getting passed out. Um, that is truly incredible. And I love the fact that this is not stopping here. You've created this incredible experience through Anywhere Learning TV, but you are already developing plans for how this can continue on and get carried out beyond this pandemic. And so think about all of just the learning that's happened for the people involved in this that you are going to now be able to continue to build on. I mean, I'm it's glad you, amazing. How, I'm glad you bring that up. Yeah. Like Ivan, for example, didn't know anything about a TriCaster production switcher until this, he was using software that they found free online. And so we've got a TriCaster set up in his little um, studio. That's our studio number one. And that's going to serve the Hedrick morning show students next year. And Ivan knows how to work with that and he'll be able to, to teach them. And then um, Jeff Bales, our amazing IT guy, um, has uh, been talking about him and I filming how to um, set up a mini TriCaster and how to use it for Curtis Stout and his morning show kids at um, at, at, at North Medford High School because um, a lot of his um, older kids who had the expertise with the TriCaster are graduating. And so Curtis doesn't really know how to use a TriCaster. So this will serve, you know, that program at, at North. Um, and then any other teacher, you know, in the school district who wants to set up a morning show, they'll have these tutorials and they'll learn how to, um, you know, because they the district has three mini TriCasters. Um, and I know that Jeff is working with Jonathan Brabham to get some more. I mean, it would be great at, if every high school and every middle school in the district had a morning show using these TriCasters. And then if we ever had to go through something else like this again, imagine all that, you know, um, help that, you know, could be available, um, you know, if we had to do this all over again, you know, God, for, God forbid we have to, but, you know. Right, right. 
Oh my goodness. There's, there's so much magic in all of that, Ben. I mean, I, I think about so many lessons. I mean, you jumping out of your comfort zone, just doing everything that you can to collaborate with a number of people to, to make it happen. All of the learning that's happened in the process, all of the new skills, and then uh, really now having this amazing platform to be able to build upon. And, and that is what I love about, um, that's what I love about this time right now. There's so much that is um, difficult about the season that we're in. There's, there's so much uh, uncertainty and, and, and things that, that are, that are hard, but I love to see that magic in all of all of what's going on and know that through the struggle we are going to be better in the long run we are going to be stronger and we have been able to innovate and create some incredible incredible things that are going to carry on much much beyond uh this season that we're in right now Absolutely. It's really exciting. You know, um, I think that sometimes uh, the silver lining from um, terrible things that happen, um, you know, in in posterity later, you know, when we look back at, at you know, they, they kind of dwarf the bad things that happen. And so there, there's been so much innovation happening during this time in the school district. And I just mm-hmm. think that a year or two down the road, when we look back at all this, um, all the amazing work of all the, you know, teachers, Lavonda at uh, McLaughlin, for example, mm-hmm. um, you know, like all, all these amazing teachers um, and administrators that, you know, uh, have just done these amazing things. We're going to look back on all this and we're going to, we, we're going to thank, you know, uh, our lucky stars that we went through this, um, like vast dynamic learning experience. Cause everyone has learned so much. And can you, and I've been thinking about this a lot. Can you imagine the teachers who were adverse to using technologies before this? They didn't have a choice. They had to kind of like get into, you know, Google Classroom or Canva or Seesaw, whatever learning platform they were using and just do it. I'm, yeah. sh- I'm sure that there yeah. are going to be teachers using these learning management systems um, in the future that were not using them previously because of this experience. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The learning has been vast and steep and difficult, but there's no doubt that we're all going to be better because of it. Oh my goodness, Ben, this conversation has been amazing. I'm just blown away. I mean, I knew a lot of what you shared, but there's so much that you shared that I didn't know. And it is so exciting and inspiring. And I'm so proud of you. Because you, again, just took the situation and ran with it in the most amazing way. Our district, our community, our students, our future, um, our future in the Medford School District is going to be better because of it. And so uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to share today. And I know our listeners are going to want to know how they can connect with you. So how can we find Ben Garcia on social media? Um, so my Twitter handle is at Ben PBS underscore TCP underscore SO. So that's how you can find me on Twitter. Um, and I've been trying to keep that updated, but, uh, 
uh, my mentor, my Twitter mentor, Tisha Richmond, uh, got me into this three years ago. So I have to give props to her four years ago. Um, and I, I've been trying to do a post every two weeks, but I've, I've, I've failed, uh, because I've been so busy, but, um, I'm going to try to be better at that from here on out, especially since I might have some new followers and then Facebook. If you, um, search, uh, PBS, Southern Oregon, PBS, uh, teacher community program you should be able to find my facebook page and actually no i think the station would rather have me uh have viewers connect to our education page southern oregon pbs education um that's a newer page so that would probably be best um i am on tiktok at southern oregon pbs um i've got one one education post there um i know yeah um and I know that our, our station has an Instagram page, um, Southern Oregon PBS. I, I, I don't manage that. Our amazing communication director does. Um, I'm on um, LinkedIn as well, just my name, Ben Garcia. Um, so I think that's as much uh, – that's, that's all the social media that I've been on. Um, that's so quite I'm a bit. Still, that's awesome. I'm still trying hard to be more active because um, – Tisha, you've taught me so much about social media in the last four years, and I'm trying to be a connected educator uh, and trying to say, uh, like, I lost my Voxer somehow the other day, and I know that you've been really active on Voxer, and um, I don't even know how it happened. And so um, I know that, that that there's this great connected group on Voxer, and I'm going to try to figure out where my app went so I can reconnect to you in that group. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so there's a lot out there for teachers to be connected to in terms of, of this, right. Being connected educator. And, and you said earlier, there's so much about this. You had no clue about, well, there's so much about your world and what you've been doing that I have no clue about. And so do you have a podcast about what you've been doing with this, um, distance learning work in the last two months? Well, this is, you are part of this, this series, Ben. So I have had a, a series of, episodes that have focused on project-based learning during a pandemic, in a pandemic. And so I have had an opportunity to chat with incredible educators from around our nation and how they are bringing project-based learning into this remote world we're living in. And so uh, that has been so exciting. And you are going to be, I think, one of my very last episodes in this series. And oh, so wow. um, I'm so excited to be able to share um, these stories with others, because I think we can learn so much from each other. And, and like what you said, being a connected educator, I mean, it's it's changed. It's changed my, my entire educational journey. And so I think we we have to continue to build our networks and support each other because we truly are better together. Absolutely. I look forward to being a part of your connected uh, group next year. I don't think my EDI work will get in the way of that. I missed almost all your meetings this year. I was so bummed out, but being a connected educator is so important. I agree. It is. Well, thank you so much, Ben, for being on the show today. Keep doing amazing work. You're incredible. You're more incredible. Thank you. I look forward to listening to your other podcasts. (laughs) Thank you, Ben. Have a magical day, everyone.
Thank you for listening to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I hope you are inspired by this episode and encouraged to find new ways to bring magic into teaching and learning. You can connect with me on Twitter at Tish Rich, Instagram at Tish Richmond, or on my website at tisharichmond.com. Please use the hashtag MLMagical to share thoughts about this episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and tune in next week for another magical episode.